see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, isn't he? This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Big Show. That's right, we have a Saturday special today. Since the playoffs are going up, a lot of NFL college news going on out there. So we decided to go on Saturday with our live big football show on Roku and all our different uh, platforms we have out there. Good morning to everyone that's going to be joining us. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Byron. How y'all doing today? Good morning, fellas. Good morning. So, this is what you know, right to the men from the boys this weekend, Mac. That's all I'm going to yes, say. It, men yes, from the it boys does. The NFL. Winner go home. It's over. The season's over for a few teams. And Loser goes home. Winner advances. Well, the winner, yes, it does. He <laughs> does go. He does advance. Anyway, guys, uh, welcome, welcome to the show. And you know, the the major play, and we we knew that Kansas City was going to be cold. That there was going to be high winds. Buffalo was the question mark, and Buffalo, it seems, is going to have around a foot and a half of snow. There might set a record of having about 50 to 60 mile an hour winds out there in Buffalo. So the weather, I think, will have as much to do with the outcome of both games more than we thought in the beginning, Byron and, and, and Jack. And and Byron, I know you were going with Buffalo. I think you were going with Kansas. No, I think you might have been going with Miami. I'm not sure about that pick. But – it looks good for both underdogs. They both have a chance, maybe not just on talent alone, but with the weather. So, Byron, you've played in this weather before. We've talked about it, how hard it is to play, you know, in the rain and the snow. And maybe the worst uh, conditions during a football game is wind. And it's going to be cold and windy and snowy and buffalo. What are you? What, what, how does this change how both both all four teams kind of, you know, get ready and prepare for this game? Yeah, no doubt. It, you definitely gonna have to have a good running game, and um, and and the linemen need to you know have some good solid shoes and foundation, to, you know, to get get their blocks and things like that. But the blocking scheme, I think the team that can run the ball the best gonna be the probably the, the winner of both games, and that's that's just my belief because um, you just can't run routes. You just the receivers are are not as loose. They get when they go back to the sideline, they get stiff. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of things, I think. So I, I'm thinking that the running game is going to be important as well as the defensive strategy that these teams play. You know, guys, there was a saying uh, before certain fighters would fight Sonny Liston and Mike Tyson. They were half beaten before they got in the ring. I think certain teams are half beaten beforehand by the elements. And I wonder, is that going to be the case with the Miami Dolphins going into Kansas City? Are they already half-beaten thinking, wow, we could have had this game in Miami if we beat Buffalo last week. Now we're going to these 
horrendous conditions in Kansas City. Are they playing to win? Are they playing to just survive and hope they're going to win? That's what I kind of wonder. Do they just want to go on the field and get it over with and hope they win? Or are they really focused and have that tunnel vision 100% on getting it done? Well, great question. And for the answer to that question, we have the Miami Dolphin fan, Chris, who's on Coffee and Sports uh, Monday through Thursday on, on Roku uh, with his, his co-host Mo and a big Dolphins fan. I know he's got to be a little concerned uh, about going to Kansas City, uh, playing in that cold weather with them high winds. Chris, does it affect uh, the passing game of the Dolphins a lot? And what do you think Miami's thoughts right now are, are thinking about going up to that uh, that conditions up in KC when they could have been maybe home playing in, in uh, Miami? So a couple things here, gentlemen. First of all, as a Dolphin fan, we are 100% happy to be going to Kansas City. Miami cannot beat the Buffalo Bills. Miami has struggled against Buffalo for the better part of seven years now. For whatever reason, the Dolphins under different regimes with different coaches with different schemes, the result against Josh Allen has been consistent, and it has not been great. Miami is 2-11 and against the Buffalo Bills over the last six and a half seasons. That's three different head coaching regimes during that time, and the result has not changed. And the two wins that Miami has, one is a two-point win where Josh Allen underthrew a wide-open receiver with 30 seconds to play in the game. That should have been a loss. And another win was where Buffalo fumbled on their final drive where they were driving down the field. So as a Dolphin fan, I will avoid Buffalo at all costs because two things happen when the Dolphins play Buffalo. We get blown out, but we play close games and we lose. And that's been what's been going on for seven years. As far as the elements in Kansas City go, cold does not stop speed. Wind stops speed. Precipitation stops speed. But as far as it just being cold, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. But this idea that, and I get it. I know why the idea is there. Miami is 0-10 in their last 10 games when it's under 40 degrees. I understand that fact. What frustrates me a little bit as a Dolphin fan is people kind of throw out, well, who were they playing in those 10 games? And what kind of team was Miami? in those 10 games so you look at half of those games were against the buffalo bills well i just told you miami can't beat buffalo a couple of those games were against tom brady's new england patriots one of those games was in green bay against aaron Rodgers and the packers so when you look at a lot of those games miami lost they were against teams that were better than them so i think that's a part of it when you're looking at this kansas city team i'm not saying miami is all and out better than Kansas City. But I'll tell you right now, if you go into this game and you don't think Miami has an opportunity to win, then you're just falling into the narrative of it's cold. So they might as well just, you know, lay down and die and not even go out there and try, which I think is a narrative you don't want to fall into. Weather is going to be an issue, but let's not pretend that it's not going to be an issue for both teams. This is going to be the coldest game in NFL history, guys. I listen. I, I agree with most of what you said. Let's turn to Byron, who's who's the NFL wide receiver, and he played on a bunch of teams. Uh, we have him on a lot for our Giants, but he played with the Colts. He played with the Eagles. He played with a lot of different teams in the NFL. 
And we were talking before, Chris, and I, I brought up the point the wind is the worst factor you could play. And as you said, the cold, the cold is, is the cold, and, and you might have to make your adjustments. But when you got that wind going and you're trying to catch that ball, it's a little harder to throw in the cold, right? It's a little bit harder to catch because the ball is harder. It doesn't have as much give. And maybe you can't use those gloves like you would in the rain and the sun. But, Byron, that wind, uh, adjusting to the ball, trying to make a catch, it may, it may blow to your left shoulder or right shoulder, it may blow right away from you. I mean, depending on how strong the gust is, Byron. So what kind of adjustments do you make as a wide receiver going in that, that type of weather? You definitely make some adjustments. Uh, you know, the coldest game I ever played in was 46 below. I think that was the coldest game in the NFL history when we played the Chicago Bears going into the Super Bowl run in 85. So, uh, the, you know, Sean Ledell, you're ready to punt the ball, and the wind just took the ball, you know, two mm -hmm. or three yards. So definitely, you know, you have to make the adjustment on all, all three dimensions of the football game, you know, special teams. The receiver got to stay warm for sure. Yeah, once they go on the sideline and defense is out there playing. So those things you have to make sure of. And the gloves are, are not, it probably won't be that much of a factor, but the, the main thing you just got to stay more focused on the balls and and not, you know, not 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 uh, tend to drop balls and things like that. But the receiver definitely got to stay warm on the sidelines when they can come off the football field. And I think that's gonna be very important. And I and I think you know, the ball just got a little bit more different rotation than that wind, and um, you just got to keep your eyes maintained on the ball more. And, uh, of course, it you got to have good running lanes with your, with your running back. So it's definitely going to be a key factor. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, predict, I, I predict Miami to beat uh, uh, Kansas City. They, Kansas City is, is very vulnerable, very vulnerable. Well well, the, the key, and, and Phil Sims said this once in the, in the wins in, in, in Giants Stadium, you got to be able to throw a tight spiral. If you're if you throw a light ball, if you throw a ball that's you know that's not as tight and as 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 hard as other as other people would say, say like Josh Allen is going to throw a tight spiral. He's got a big arm. He, he'll be able to slice through that wind a little bit better than somebody that uses finesse throwing the football. So you know, again, weather is going may may decide this game. And Jack, I don't know if I agree with this or not, but you're going to have to make sure you don't turn the ball over, and that you don't just you know you you don't rush your throws, take the sack, try to throw the ball away as a quarterback. I mean, everybody's got to be holding that ball with two hands. Yeah, well, obviously, I just want to say something, Chris. You could say it's going to be one of the coldest games in NFL history if you want. But it's not going to be the coldest game in NFL history. What has the worst conditions uh, that would go to the Ice Bowl, you know, in the beginning of the Super Bowl era with the Cowboys and the Packers. And when the Bengals played the Chargers in the AFC Championship game, you know, also it was brutally cold. So this won't quite be on that level, but the conditions are going to be reportedly, you know, very, very bad. Uh, you make some good points. The passing game, Miami offense is geared a little more for the long passing game than it's Kansas City's the way things are this year. So with the elements being like it is, I mean, the two at the hill combination is going to be hurt because you hit Tyreek Hill in a short pass. Unless he could get sudden separation, his speed isn't as big an issue. He isn't as big a threat as he'd be in better conditions. And meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, his receivers have been erratic off season long. So he's more geared towards a lot of short passes and play action. 
than Miami would be. Uh, Chris, I, I brought this up to Byron before Matt commented on it. The Dolphin players' mindset, that's what I have to wonder about. I've been thinking all week, if I'm a Dolphin player, I can't help but think to myself, why didn't we beat Buffalo last week? We'd be at home. We'd be in the comfort of Miami. I'm in Florida right now. I'm near Miami. So I know how comfortable it is. If you told me now I had to go to Kansas City and play a game, let's say touch football, if I had to play touch football tonight in Miami, I'll have a ball. It'll be great. But if I had to go to Kansas City, you know, tonight, I'd be wincing. I would, you know, I just want to survive and get it over with. But so Jack, Miami partly beaten going into this game. I kind of wonder. But Jack, let me tell you something. Once the playoffs start, you don't think about the weather. You, you, you know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. That if, you, if you're a true NFL player, you don't have to think about whether or not, you know, this weather and how cold it is. You go out there and play for the win because this is a this is a chance for you to be be on a record breaking team. That's why I look that's how you look at it as a player. But Byron, the playoffs started for Miami actually last week, the last game of the regular season, because they knew what was at stake. The second seed was at stake. And, and their best chance of getting to the Super Bowl was being as a second seed compared to what they are now. And they lose this game, and the road is so hard. I mean, because there's a reasonable chance. You never know. They, You know, if they get by Kansas City, now you got to go, possibly go to Baltimore for the next game. And then there's a game so, after that. So, so, so let's, so let's, let's, let's say for argument's sake, it's going to, it's going to affect both teams, both receivers, Kansas city's receivers had a problem catching all year. So I don't know how that's going to affect them. And it's going to come down to the running game is what I think. I think that the uh, uh, Miami is a little bit of a better running game. I love Pacheco, uh, but I do yeah. like the Miami running game. Uh, so I guess Jack was saying, no, he will not, take those tickets to go to Kansas City. Uh, Rick, uh, good morning, Rick. Good morning, no, no, John. Miami special teams this year, they had a major breakdown last week on the long punt return for touchdown by Buffalo. Is it a potential problem, you know, going into the playoffs? When you, say, when you say breakdown, it was literally a breakdown because Cameron Good literally broke his leg on the play and then ended up blocking his own man, which opened up that hole. Uh, The special teams question, though, is a fair question. Miami has not been good on special teams um, this season. I believe they're the bottom third in the league when it comes to it. Uh, That is their second return for a touchdown this season. They have a lot on special teams. I believe the other one was to Denver. Um, And then as you guys know, in the playoffs is when you see special teams come up big. It just, it's a bigger stage. Uh, There tends to be more special teams moments in the playoffs. So it's something that I'm concerned about. Um, But again, it's hit or miss. Um, Miami could just as easily not give up anything special teams wise uh, for the rest of the playoffs. My bigger concern with Miami special teams wise is their kicking game. Um, But Jason Sanders has been better. This season, he yeah. was very yeah. hit or miss last season, and it was scary to see Jason Sanders come kick the football last season. But he he's done better there. So special teams is always kind of a concern in the back of my head, but I'm more concerned about the kicking side of it as far as Sanders goes, and I'm less concerned 
with what he's done this season. And gentlemen, I, I do like Miami's running game. And if Miami doesn't come out in this game with the mindset of Mostert, A-Chain, and then they're going to take one or two Tyreek Hill deep shots, that's the way they win this game. If they come out thinking they're going to pass the ball all over the place, they're not going to win this game. It is going to have to be a run-first game, and they're going to need one or two deep balls to get them there. And I think Tyreek is going to be motivated. It's his return to Kansas City, but that's the only way. They're not going to come out with Tua throwing the ball all over the place. It's just not going to happen. And and again, punting, receiving punts. You know, I I, I expect to see a lot of fair catches uh, or getting away from the ball today where where the punters and kickers will come up uh, big uh, this game one way or the other or be the villain in this game. So so let's let's push on to the to the Buffalo um, Pittsburgh game. Buffalo was was favored by nine and a half points coming in. Um, again, wind, snow, it's going to slow that all down. Uh, Buffalo has a good running back with Cook, who's mainly a slasher. He jumps around, gets in the hole, and, and breaks him out. Where Pittsburgh is more, I'm going to take it right up the middle in your face. And, you know, it's a very physical team. Buffalo's got to match that physicality. So Pittsburgh and Buffalo are both supposed to be ready for this type of weather. You're going to see Josh Allen checking down. I don't think he's going to be throwing too many bombs up there. Uh, uh, Mays, uh, Mays is out for the game. Number 13 is out for the game. Takes away one of Josh Allen's weapons. And again, Pittsburgh with, with Rudolph, those two exciting wide receivers outside. How does that play in? I, again, I see another close, low-scoring game, Byron. I, I think that the wide receivers are going to be blocking more than they're catching balls today. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's the nature of the beast. I mean, you you have to play games like this anyway. I think this that's that's what football is all about. But like I like the key the key component is the running game. The offensive linemen got to be prepared to be real physical today. You know, it's gonna be a war. So put on the boxing glove and and that's what you're gonna get with this type of you know this type of weather when the weather like this. And that's no probably no other way to beat it. Beat you know beat it. Oh, he's a call it. So yes, absolutely. Reportedly, there's going to be three feet of snow in Buffalo. And what about the footing? We talk about Kansas City, how cold it's going to be, how it might affect the passing game. Mason Rudolph is a mobile quarterback, but he's not really a running quarterback. Josh Allen's a running quarterback. You wonder how it's going to affect him, you know, and James Cook. So you, you wonder in those type of elements, I mean, what? the game plan going to be exactly i mean when you can hardly like move at least in kansas city as cold as it is you know it changes the equation a bit as opposed to snow uh, yeah i i listen it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna to me it's gonna be two ugly low scoring games where it's old school football the team with the will right i mean we we talk about to to, to will your way to win I think this is going to be very important. James Jeff Jeffco talked about that uh, on the show. You you got to win your match against the other guy. Uh, expect a lot of blitzes again from no TJ Watt. No TJ Watt. Yeah. Pittsburgh, that's major. They what still, we haven't listen. Well, we haven't. They still got. They still got a guy. On, they still got a guy on the other side, Jack, that can really put pressure on the quarterback. And I imagine they'll be dialing up blitzes on both sides of the ball. It's listen, 
it's going to be it's going to be who wants it more in the end and both and both matchups here and uh you know you can't you can't nelegate ne- ne- the Chiefs playoff uh, experience, they've been there before. Miami's only had one playoff game that that they were in last year, I think, for a long time. You can't negate that, and you can't negate, uh, uh, you know, who wants this game more. So, um, Chris, give me your thoughts on on Buffalo and, and, and Pittsburgh. We'll get back to you, Jack, right after this. If Buffalo plays the way they played against the Dallas Cowboys, they will easily win this game. If they come in with the run-first mindset, if their line blocks and gets off the ball and fires off the ball the way they did against the Cowboys, and if they say, we're going to be okay with Josh Allen only throwing the ball 10 or 12 times, and we'll take a shot here and there, but it's the run game that's going to lead the way, Buffalo should win this game. My issue with Buffalo, and it has not changed over the last eight weeks, and it's going to stay the same throughout the playoffs, is When Josh Allen turns over the ball, can Buffalo overcome it? So far, they have. They've had no issue doing it. He has a bad play here and a bad play there. He makes four spectacular plays, and they win the football game. If they keep doing that, it's going to be a roller coaster ride for sure if you're a Buffalo fan, but you're going to get the W, which is what you want in the end. My thought is eventually it's going to catch up to them in the playoffs because I don't see Josh Allen playing less recklessly. I see the competition getting more challenging in the playoffs, and I think those turnovers are going to be more exasperated. I don't think they're going to lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but if they do, turnovers are going to play a big part of it because I think those are going to happen regardless if you're the Buffalo Bills. So, Jack, let me let me let me ask you before you make your point. We remember what happened when Buffalo went up in bad weather with Cincinnati, and Cincinnati with their backup linemen blew them off the ball. And Cincinnati just ran the ball down Buffalo's throat, right? Am I right what I'm saying? Yeah, you're correct. But uh happened in the regular season, the playoffs. Okay. Uh, that was the DeMar Hamlin game, you know, before that in the regular season. Buffalo had kind of lost their edge by then. Something happened to them, somewhat like Miami this season. And they never really got it back, you know, in the playoffs, even though they beat Miami, then they played Cincinnati and it really wasn't that close of a game. Uh, I wanted to ask Chris this. The mood in Miami about the game not being televised, that you have to subscribe to yeah, Peacock. And I'm going to tell you, I'm in the Florida area now, and I'm holding out. I watch every playoff game, but I'm not going to get Peacock. The heck with them. The heck with it. Because I'm not going to get it and then cancel immediately, call the TV provider, I mean, how angry are the fans, you know, in the Miami area about this, that they have, they're being held hostage in a way. You have to subscribe to Peacock. You can't see this game. It's not just Miami fans. Kansas City fans are upset about it. And then general NFL fans who would who would watch any playoff game, and most NFL fans would, are also perturbed because they see what it is. It's a money grab, right? They're looking at it and they're saying, you're doing this. Because you have a deal with Peacock, NBC paid you $110 million, and now they're trying to benefit from it as well. But the interesting thing is, if you take everyone who's upset about it, and who doesn't currently have Peacock, and we'll never know the actual number, but I would venture to say the percentage of them that do exactly what you just said, get it for the, the month or get it for the week and then cancel it, it's going to be pretty high because they're going to want to see the game. And at the end of the day, the NFL knows that. At the end of the day, Peacock knows that. 
and all this negative energy going into it, it's all going to go away after game time because they're all going to have spent their $9 to watch the game or whatever it was, and then they're going to cancel it, and then Peacock's going to go to their next quarterly meeting and say, in the first quarter of 2024, we hit this. And no one's going to talk about the fact, well, yeah, you hit that because you held the NFL hostage and you made a bunch of people sign up quarter one. But that's what it is. Yes, everyone's annoyed about it. I will say this, though, really cool story coming out of Kansas City, if you didn't see this. One of the Kansas City players actually went to Peacock and he bought a bunch of subscriptions, a bunch of three-month subscriptions, and he's been giving them out to Kansas City fans. So I thought that was a really cool story. But yeah, everyone's upset about it. Everyone knows it's a money well, grab. Well, it Everyone thinks it's ridiculous. They can't just sign up for one month and then cancel. They can. They can. But the Kansas City guy has money. He's being nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I know I know Byron has to check out by eight thirty. So so I want to get your pick, your two picks. In. Well, I'll take all your picks because you won't be on tomorrow's show, Byron. So uh, before you go, let me get your picks, Byron. So so we know what you got. Okay. I think the Dolphins are going to beat Kansas City myself. I just don't like the way Kansas City ended the season. They went, you know, and, and then another thing that they, you know, they played in the Super Bowl last year. I just think uh, Miami going to surprise the, surprise the Kansas City Chief. Of course, Buffalo, I think Buffalo is uh, playing good football right now. So I, I like Buffalo. Even um, with those points? Even with those points, Byron? Even with that nine yeah. and a half? All right. Okay. I like buff. I like Buffalo. Yes. Okay. Um, then the other games, Detroit. I just think Detroit is. Uh, they'll they'll be good at home. I think the excitement in Detroit with the fans and thirty years of not making this playoffs is is a, is a plus for Coach Campbell. So I like Detroit. And uh, here in Dallas, um, I think Dallas will win. Of course, and then Houston and Cleveland will be a great game, but I'm getting the edge to Cleveland Browns wow. uh, okay. in that game. Hey, now one thing I forgot to ask you: you're, you're not a Dallas Cowboy fan, I know that, but you're down there in the Dallas area. What are the Cowboy? What is that like right now, driving through those streets? And 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 you've got to hear, you know, being an ex-Giant player, you got to hear all that noise down there. What what's going on in Dallas? Yeah, they're excited. I mean, everybody down here, they they still talking about they're going to be out there uh, tailgating and all that uh, tomorrow. And, and of course, we know we're going to get – we're getting, we're getting uh, a freeze here in Dallas today. I mean, the temperature going to drop below um, 32 this afternoon. I mean, right now we're in our 50s, but it's definitely going to be real cold. They ice in the streets because we're going to get some – you know, we're going to get some ice and some sleep out there as well. So – it's gonna be definitely a cold game, but Green Bay uh, might surprise Dallas. I mean, you know, Jordan Love is having an exciting year. I think the receivers are getting getting up to where they getting comfortable with the offense. So, mm-hmm. it might be a high scoring game, but not still think Dallas will beat them. Uh, but yeah. I think I'm excited for Green Bay as well. They 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 look good, and I'm glad they made the playoffs. Yeah, Dallas Dallas at home is almost a guaranteed win this year. So, I mean, yeah. they're they're averaging about. You know, 100 points a game. Over there. So, uh, 37, 38 points a game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's that's going to be something. Byron, thank you for taking time and joining us this morning. I know you're a very busy guy with all the stuff you're doing down there. Uh, be safe out there with the mice. Right? All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Take care, Byron. Thank you, Byron. All right. So there you go, former NFL wide 
receiver Byron Williams, who comes with us every Friday and uh, came in was good enough to come in with us today. So let's get to to Philadelphia, and I've got uh, I've got I've got the article here. We talked off. We talked off uh, air about what's going on in Philadelphia, the problems they're having with the locker room. Uh, AJ Brown uh, is having a problem. So I got I got this, and this is uh, from CBS Sports. He did delete his uh, content, uh, causing speculation. Brown is not happy how things are going in Philly. Uh, you know, he's in a contract dispute with his with. Uh, uh, no, that's about the pass of him. Uh, they're, of course, they're facing Tampa Bay. He's missed two practices with a knee uh, injury. That's why he hasn't been practicing, uh, which may mean nothing. Um, for a number of weeks, Brown did not speak to the media. The Eagles season has been far from perfect. Switching to Matt Patricia, of course, we know about that. And, of course, they're talking a little bit about the uh, matchup with Tampa Bay. So there is something going on at the Eagles locker room now. Uh, you know, I talked to the Philly sports guy who should be coming in here in a minute. And I told him, I said, listen, you know, there's problems with the Eagles. Maybe Sirianni has lost the locker room over there. And, of course, he got all upset with me, him being the big Philadelphia fan. He is. But take it uh, from, so, from somebody that that's not part of the show regularly, that, that you know, has no uh, skin in the game with the Eagles versus Tampa Bay. Chris, what are your thoughts about what's going on in Philadelphia right now? The last thing you want if you're a Phillies fan is to accept what's actually happening in Philadelphia because this is a team that has so much talent, that had so much promise coming into the season, had so much promise a month and a half ago when you were 10-1. and one, You basically had the number one seed locked in, and you were going to coast the number one seed into the playoffs, and then the wheels fell off. You lose five out of six. You don't just lose five out of six. You lose to bad teams. You lose to a bad Arizona team. You lose to a bad New York Giants team. You almost lost to the Giants twice. I mean, <clears throat> it's not good. And on top of that, not only are you not playing well, you have A.J. Brown doing his nonsense. You have players calling out players. Hertz is calling out players. Brown is calling out players. Uh, Sirianni's on the sideline in two-minute drills, and he's arguing with players, and he's arguing with his coaching staff. And you look to see that, you know, you see the two-minute drill, that generic coach shot. He's got his hands on his knees. He's focused on the game. Nope, not Nick Sirianni. He's in a verbal altercation with his players and his coaches during those moments. It's not good. Um, obviously, and I will say this, gentlemen, because I am a firm believer of this, a playoff win does a lot of justice in erasing some of those things, right? I, I got to tell you something, Chris. My Jets, I think it was the 1986 season. They were 10-1, and one, and they lost five in a row to end the season. And they lost their bye, and they had to play that extra game in the playoffs. And they beat Kansas City in the first playoff game. And that was the best medicine, yep. having to play the extra game. And then they should have beaten Cleveland the next week. They had a 10-point lead with four and a half minutes to go. Mark Aston, no roughing the passer call. That opened the floodgates and went into overtime. They lost. But just the idea that one game was a turnaround. And if the Eagles can go into Tampa Bay, not only win but perform really well, attitudes change. All of a sudden, they're focused on the Super Bowl. Yep. It changes everything. But right now, it's a big, big mess. And I Disagreed with Mac when he said Nick Sirianni could conceivably be in trouble. 
Because if he's lost that team, as crazy as it seems, his job could be in jeopardy. As crazy as it seems, if he's lost that team. And you're right. The one win would be huge. I will say this, though. And Mo and I talked about this a little bit on the morning show. Dallas, the Niners, and the Eagles are in a unique position. Because I think those are the three teams and maybe the Ravens in the AFC where it really is Super Bowl or bust, isn't it? If Dallas beats Green Bay but loses the next week, they're not going to say, oh, it was a great season. They're going to say, oh, we came up short again. If Philly beats Tampa and then loses, I think Philly's right back to where they were. This should have been a Super Bowl season. We had all those issues. We only won one playoff game. So I think Philly needs to actually at least get to the NFC Championship to avoid the conversations of really this was a failed season. But like you said, it, it starts with a playoff win. If they can focus and get a win against Tampa, which by the way, and I know I've said this so many times this season, Philly's a better team on paper, and then look what they go do. They go and play close games and win, or they play close games and they lose a lot of them. I'm a broken record saying they're a better team on paper, but they are. They should beat Tampa Bay. I just don't know if they're going to because of what they've done all season, which is play down to their competition and then get tight in close situations. Well, I discussed Let me get this in, too. To add to their problems, Jalen Hurts only took one snap in practice. Yeah, he he's injured. Snap. Yeah, his fingers messed up from playing the Giants. And, you know, I know he's going to play. I I. You know, me, uh, I'll get to, I'll get back to Brown in a minute. I know he's going to play, but how effective is he going to be? I mean, do they just hand the ball off 40 times and run the ball down Tampa Bay's throat if they can? I mean, is this going to be the game plan uh, going into that game? Because if he can't throw the ball and he throws some turnover interceptions or misses some key throws on drives and stalls them, Tampa Bay has is all set to, to win this game. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, it's uh, that's the most unpredictable playoff game of all the Eagles and Tampa Bay because we don't know which Eagle team's going to show up. They played Tampa Bay early in the season, beat them decisively, and let's face it, Tampa Bay's the weak link of all the teams in the playoffs. But they could conceivably beat Philadelphia more than conceivably. This Eagle team, if they play the way they've been playing the last few weeks, Tampa Bay is going to beat them. I watched a full. Tampa Bay, Carolina Panther game last Sunday. It was pretty pathetic, a 9 nothing, you know, Tampa Bay win. They could get nothing going on offense. The Panthers had two touchdowns basically called back. Well, one when they reached over the line, which should have been a touchdown, and the receiver fumbled the ball. But it was a losable game for Tampa Bay against a weak Carolina team. Chris, you make a good point that I discuss with Mac all the time. Which franchise needs to win more? And you nailed it. If the 49ers don't get to the Super Bowl, massive disappointment. Same with the Cowboys. Eagles, at the very least, the NFC Championship game must spin a flop. Even today's game, you look at Houston and Cleveland, it's more important for the Cleveland franchise to win because Houston is basically a novice playoff team. Just the idea they got to the playoffs, Houston could be beat and go home happy. Cleveland couldn't quite go home as happy if they lose to this Houston team. And that's the element involved. Tampa Bay, they can lose to Philadelphia, and it's not a big deal to the franchise because 
they're not a, they're not a Super Bowl contender. And you, if Miami, Kansas City, I think both teams go home very disappointed. Whoever loses, I don't think there's any redeeming value, you know, in the season for either team if they lose. Yeah, no, and you're right. Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. I think even the biggest Buccaneer fan going into the season did not think Baker Mayfield was a viable option past this season. Now he has played into potentially being that remember he's only 28 years old, but Tampa Bay is playing with the proverbial house money. If they lose this playoff game and they get blown out, they're going to say, you know what? We won the division. We made the playoffs in a season where we were told the saints were going to go 12 and five and dominate that division. and, And we won it. And then they're going to build, whether it's around Baker or someone else. So you're right. This is a pressure-free situation as much as it can be in the playoffs for an NFL team when it comes to the Buccaneers. Yeah, and and meanwhile, in, in Tampa Bay, you don't hear no squabbling. Nobody's in. Nobody's in the news. There's nope. no distractions. They're just getting ready to play football. And Philadelphia is almost the total opposite there. So we had Byron, and he talked a little bit about Dallas. You know, and they have, like I said, they have a uh, habit of scoring over 40 points at home. Um, C.D. Lamb having an unbelievable year. Dak Prescott, the best best year of his career. Uh, the addition of Cook as one of the weapons there. He's having a, a very good year with him. And the rookie tight end, the big guy, number 87, don't I forget his name, but, man, he's play, playing really well for him right now, making some big catches. He's a big guy. And so Dallas, uh, and, and you can't you can't forget about uh, Pollard coming on the backfield making catches either. So they have a lot of weapons going up against a Green Bay team where, where Jordan Love has been playing very well, one of the best quarterbacks in the last five or so games out there statistically. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens here with Jordan Love. How does this young quarterback, this is really his first season playing, uh, stand up against that Dallas rush? I mean, you know they're going to put a lot of pressure on him, Chris. What do you think is going to happen there? Jordan Love is going to get punched in the mouth early in that game. And you're going to find out right away how Jordan Love bounces back from getting punched in the mouth. This is a different situation for him. This is playoff football. All right. A lot of things are going to start coming at him quickly. And he's going to have to adjust on the fly in a type of pressure that he has not felt before because the playoffs exasperate everything. Not saying Jordan Love's not going to play well. I'm just saying that he's going to get punched in the mouth early by Dallas. Or for Dallas fans, I hope. That's the plan because there's no reason you shouldn't get pressure to Jordan Love early. If you don't, this could be a whole different conversation on Monday. But we're going to see how Jordan Love deals with adversity. Um, It's unfortunate. You know, he's going into a little bit of a buzzsaw. Dallas is a different team at home. They, They just are. The defense plays differently at home. The offense is better at home. So I, I don't think he's going to have a winning performance, but I hope for the sake of love and the Packers, they don't go out and lay an egg because that might take away from what really was a successful season for that team. Listen, a, 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 a good young team, up and coming. I think the key to this, I think, hey, Pags, the Philly sports guy has joined us. We already did our Eagles segment, and he, and he comes in after. I don't think it was planned. Pags, what do you think? About Aaron Jones, is Aaron Jones the equalizer against Dallas? You could run on Dallas Cowboys if you run at him. Aaron Jones 
has been playing off the hook the last few games. Is that the way that they stay with Dallas, keep them off the field, maybe go down, get a touchdown, or get a, or get a couple field goals? Is This is how the Packers uh, deal with Dallas. Yes. Uh, I think since Aaron Jones has come back to the team, they've been playing a tremendous amount better. Not that the other running back wasn't doing okay. He was doing okay. Uh, but something about Aaron Jones is just makes that offense a little bit more fluid. I feel like Green Bay itself is playing with house money. They're a young, I think they're the youngest team in the NFL. Uh, they're a scrappy team. Uh, they're definitely, like I said, they're playing with house money here. So yeah. I think they're going to be a little bit more risky and take some more chances. I don't know that they have enough to be able to get past Dallas, but I do think that they're going to give Dallas a nice scare. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I think Dallas covers the spread. But I think, you know, it's going to it's going to it's not going to be a I don't think they're going to win 40 to seven. I don't think that's going to happen uh, in Dallas. So, uh, Jack, again, big history between Dallas and Green Bay. Uh, a lot of great games. Um, how do you think this is going to stack up against that? I know the Green Bay defense isn't what it's made to be. Right? This is, they've spent a lot of money on their defense this year. A little a little underwhelming. Uh, what do you think? Do you think this is just going to be purely offense, uh, or is, is is defense going to come into play in this game? Oh, defense is going to be very big, and players such as Stephen Gilmore, cornerback, is going to play a huge, huge role. I mean, if Dallas can pressure Jordan Love, and that and the their secondary, you know, lives up to their standards, it's going to be tough for Green Bay to put on points. Aaron Jones running the ball. I, I question how effective the Green Bay running game can be against Dallas. I mean, I don't look for the Packers to give the Cowboys the type of scare where we're in the middle of the fourth quarter and they're actually ahead by a point and Dallas has to pull it out. I don't look for that type of game. I look for Dallas to get in front early and basically you know, maintain the lead. And it won't be a blowout. I'm not saying that, but... Uh, Dallas is just point blank a better team than Green Bay. Okay. Uh, Pags, before I forget, let me get your picks. For, uh, you won't be on tomorrow's show if I'm correct. So let me get your picks for today and Sunday and your Monday night game if I could. Okay. So uh, today I like the Texans. And I also like uh, – I kind of like – Pax is hedging again, and then he's going to take credit for whichever team wins, Matt. No, no, no. I, I, think, <clears throat> I think that it's, you know, I keep going back and forth with this one specifically. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to Sunday. I'll come back to the Saturday night game. I'll come back to that right. Miami game. So I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo wins. I think Buffalo wins, uh, but Pittsburgh covers with the points. Okay. okay. Uh, I have, uh, I think Dallas wins, but Green Bay covers with the points. Okay. And I think Detroit wins. Okay. And, and, uh, and covers the spread. And covers. What do you, what do you, what do you, and, and back to Kansas City, Miami, who do you like? Uh, winning that game, it, it, tell you that, that to that's a tough, that's a real tough one because it's so cold. Uh, I mean, it's 
is, is it uh, is it Pacheco versus the their backup running back? How does Tua Tua didn't play against Buffalo last year in that in that game? He had, they had a backup quarterback, and that's the one wild card that I can't seem to figure out. Miami is actually going to play a you know play not so bad in the cold. They gave Buffalo everything they could handle. So, and did you hear something about the Buffalo game being moved to Cleveland? No. No. They got some type Nothing of state of that. emergency in New York. Oh, it's state of emergency. Yeah, in Buffalo. Yeah, I kind of wonder how did they get the players to Cleveland all of a sudden? And they're getting them there the day before yeah. the game. Suddenly, it messes up their routine. It messes up a lot of different stuff. If if they move it to Cleveland, I I give it I give the hedge to Pittsburgh. You know, so I that's a tougher thing to, to really go about. Uh, but that being said, uh, I'm going to take Miami here. Okay. All right, Miami. You yeah, know I, I think no one discusses in that game Miami and Kansas City. Mahomes is a better running quarterback than Tua, and in those conditions, you need a bailout play. Mahomes is more likely to, you know, execute a third down play with his legs than Tua is. I mean, he'd do it in any conditions, but it's especially important in, you know, the type of elements they're playing in. Uh, Pick, uh, Pickles is going with Miami 222 to 20. Don't worry about the Giants. Worry about your Cowboys, uh, uh, Jason. You, you know, our season's over. You're still going. That's what you got to worry about anyway. Um, so Pickles has Miami 22 to 20, which I, I, that could be a score. I think it's even lower than that, guys. With that win going out there, I don't know. But anyway, so so let's get to let's let's get to uh, uh, the uh, the Detroit game against. Um, against it, we'll cover. Well, this I might as well tomorrow. say that uh, obviously you got you have me yeah. that the Eagles are going to win, right? Because we nah, have to you got to get all right. That's, that's, I, didn't, I didn't want to bring up the Eagles, I didn't want to bring it up. Pags brought it up. Pag, you say you're close to the locker room, you say you know what's going on there, and again, we have some stories coming out that AJ, uh, AJ Brown is unhappy that he's uh, he's he, he's taking his stuff down off of his sites. Eagle stuff off there. He's injured with his knee from the Giants game. He hasn't been practicing. And then your quarterback hasn't been practicing that much. Your second string quarterback's taken most of the snaps because of his injury to his finger. This doesn't bode well for them going to play Tampa Bay, who hasn't been saying nothing, been minding their own business. And Baker Mayfield is banged up a little bit. So what do you think is going to happen in this game, Pax? I still I still have the Eagles rolling. I got this game 31 to 10. Uh, I think that A.J. Brown, uh, I'll be honest, they feel like it's a little bit of a uh, of a uh, stunt, like a, a media stunt that's happening here. Uh, some, you know, I heard rumors on the outside that he signed a deal with Under Armour and to get his people, get his uh, viewership up on his Twitter, that he took down his Twitter and took this down so that he could get some attention. And then he's going to come back up and be like, "Hey, yeah, I'm all in Under Armour now." You know what I mean? So, I I I got that through the grapevine, a little bit. Pat, you have the pipeline into the Eagle locker room, from what you say. Is there dissension in there? Is that overblown? It is overblown. I do. I think that. Do I believe that it's the team is where it wants to be? No. I don't believe that. It's, I think that there is some smoke here. 
You know what I mean? There's something going on that's beyond that. And that's why it's, you know, like I says, I have a pretty good, uh, you know, catch of the pulse of this team. And it's hard to find the pulse right now. It's hard to find where that, where you're, where I'm catching that, uh, which means that there is, there's got to be a little something going on. Uh, there, listen, if, Pags, there's, there's something going on. Even Chris, who's not, is not, not on the show, who is, doesn't have a dog in the fight, even he thinks there's problems right now in Philadelphia uh, between the coach and the players. They're arguing uh, at two-minute warnings. They're, they're arguing on the sidelines. I mean, you know, this is this is not a good thing going into the playoffs right now. Hey, listen, uh, teams have ups and downs all the time. There's a lot of veteran leadership here. Uh, you, you're going to see, I mean, these, this team went to the Super Bowl last year. Unlike Dallas, which hasn't seen a Super Bowl since, uh, you know, since there was no gray in Jason's beard. Uh, but uh, before that, I mean, like I said, so I kind of feel like that this team is going to come out and just pick it, you know, just pick it up a little bit. You know what I mean? I They have too much talent for it to get squandered away. Does it mean that they're going to do it? Hey, listen, if they, if they come out and lay a big egg, that does tell me, like, then there's then there's something to think about there about Sirianni. I can like guarantee I you with these playoffs, one coach, at least one coach, probably more, is going to get blamed and come under a lot of fire for his team losing. It could easily be Nick Sirianni. It would have to be Nick Sirianni if the Eagles lose. You're one of the coaching matchups, even a game like Miami, Kansas City, Mike McDaniel and Andy Reid. Mike McDaniel is a, a media darling. But if they're to lose to Kansas City, it's gonna he's going to come under the microscope a lot more than Andy Reid will because Andy Reid's proven. And you look at all the playoff games, which coach is going to come under the microscope? Mike McCarthy, obviously, if the Cowboys lose, he takes a major hit, a lot more than LaFleur. One thing I can guarantee one thing I can guarantee is that the Miami head coach will not be wearing flip-flops during this game. I, I guarantee you he will not be wearing flip-flops. So that's something that I'm gonna be watching. If he wears flip-flops, I say you keep the man just for having enough guts to go out there in the cold <laughs> and, and wearing flip-flops. So that's something that I'm gonna be looking for. Guys, let's let's get to the Billichek news and the Patriots. Um Billichek leaves. But in the contract, he makes sure that Mayo gets the job. That was part of the contract. Hardly anybody knew that. So now the Patriots do not have to go in the in the extensive interview process. They can hit the, the ground running. Mayo knows the players. He knows their potential. He knows these guys well. He's been there. He's been with the Patriots since he was a player. You know, seven-time captain with this guy. So Belichick does care for his players. If this doesn't prove it, I don't know what does. I don't know what that Belichick to... move. That's a craft move. That wasn't a Belichick well, move. Mr. Belichick, I'm telling you, that was that was in the contract, Jack. So whether it was craft or Belichick, Belichick had to agree to it if that was so. But anyway, it was a mutual a mutual decision. So let's let's take a look at that really quick, guys. You know, does Mayo does is Mayo supposedly halfway between Belichick and these new era coaches like Miami's coach, that, does this benefit the team not having the distractions of trying to get a coach, 
uh, the draft, all this stuff coming up. And how much power do you think Mayo will have there? Is he just the coach? Uh, I'll start. I'll start with with Chris. What are your thoughts? You're in the you're with the AFC East, so maybe you pay attention to this more than some of us. Uh, he will just be the coach. I I think that the NFL in general is moving away from the Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll model, where you give one person all that power. Um, it's had success, obviously. It worked for many years with Belichick. It has success with Pete Carroll. But when it doesn't work, it's a lot harder to fix in the interim while they're still there. So I think he is just going to be the head coach. I don't know what kind of coach he's going to be. I think they obviously have a lot of faith in him. But what it's going to come down to is who is under center for you? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Bailey Zappi? Are you going to trade up in the draft and potentially get a Caleb Williams? Are you in the position in the draft? I think they're third. Um, so second. If, are they second? Are they second or second? Washington second. Are they in position to get a quarter? In fact, they don't have to trade up. They'll well, hang third. on, though. Hang on, though, because if Caleb goes one and then Washington takes Drake May at two, now you're in an interesting spot if you're New England. Because now what, what do you do? Do you go take Marvin Harrison and shop a quarterback elsewhere? But who's the quarterback going to be at that point? That's my question. So obviously I think the prize for the Patriots is one of those first two guys, right? But what you have to ask yourself, and there's going to have to be contingency plans. Can we get one of the top two? If we can't, you know, is Kirk Cousins available for a couple of seasons and we, we build our offense and then we draft someone later on? Do you try to come back up into the first round and get one of the other quarterbacks? But it's going to start and end with the quarterback question. Can they make so a decisive you, question and get a quarterback? Chris, real quick then. Do you think that Arizona, uh, just because they would maybe want Marvin Harrison, having two picks in this draft, uh, say, okay, you know what? We'll give you our fourth and our 24th because we want uh, Marvin Harrison. Uh, that being said, you know, like I, they say Penix is going to be a top 10 pick. They do. You know, and, and – the one thing that everybody was saying is that, hey, he's got the ACL injuries that occurred and, you know, he's injury prone. Uh, I tell you, it looked like he could take a lick in, in that, in a, you know, in that national championship game. So I feel like that his stock actually did rise. It did. You know, in that, in that national championship game. I think he might be worth it if you have another first round pick, you know, so it might be worth the flyer at four if, Arizona is really sold on the Marvin Harrison Jr. Because ultimately, well, you can steal it from them or you can maybe get the both first-round picks. And, gentlemen, Chris, keep in Chris, mind, Chris, whoever the G let me let, let me let me Let me put in here real quick. You have the head coach of Washington going to Alabama, right? He's going to take over as the Alabama head coach right now. Yep. Now, uh, you know, Phoenix uh, – Penix can – Send that he could stay again in college. He has time to rescind that and stay in college. What do you think about him going with his head coach to Alabama and make his stock even maybe go higher? Maybe he becomes the first choice in the in the draft. With someone that has his injury history, I don't see it because the the other side of that is catastrophic, right? If he goes to Alabama and he does get hurt and he misses a big chunk of time his stock goes so much the other way that he's not going to be able to repair it heading into the draft. So I don't, I don't know if he wants to roll the dice and do that. If, if it works perfectly, you're right. 
if he goes to Alabama, he wins a national title or he wins a Heisman or he's in that conversation, he's easily the first pick next draft, if not the second. It's a big risk, though. Yeah, but you know what? The NIL kind of makes that a little bit easier because he'll get two million dollars. Yes, yeah, so and he might get more money. He might get more money in the NIL doing it that way than he would getting the rookie contract, depending on where he gets picked. Look at what Arch that's, Manning that's, is making, and he's not a starting quarterback anywhere. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, Jack, before, before we're getting close to the top of the hour, before we go, let me let, let the viewers know your two top picks uh, for today. Who you take? I'll take the two on the dogs. I think Houston is on a little bit of a magical run. They'll carry it through one more game. They'll beat Cleveland in a close game, pull it out at the end. And I like Miami to upset Kansas City. I'm surprised at all the people actually picking Miami. I can't imagine Miami ending this season the way they've been playing. They're, they're just too good. Their defense is going to be a little too solid. I could see a 16-14 to 14 type game, Miami pulling it out in KC. I listen. Listen, I think I, I I go with Jack here. I, I like I like the Jack, uh, Houston Texans. I think I just on the on the quarterback himself. I mean, they got a they got a decent they got a good very good defensive head coach. They got a they got a, a couple nice receivers there. And uh, you know, uh, Houston, I mean, listen, I, I like them. And I like Miami too. I, I think the weather's really going to hurt the receiving core that already drops balls a lot. And I do like Miami's, as I said, Miami's running game a little bit more than Kansas City's. So I think it's it's going to be a both. I think both uh, today's games are going to be great games. Uh, so we'll see what happens, guys. Uh, thank you, Chris, for coming in. Pags, thanks for coming in, taking time out of your busy day. Of course, Jack, uh, always love having you on with me. Folks, have a great Saturday night. Stay safe. Watch out for the ice. Enjoy the games. And we'll see you tomorrow on the, the, uh, the Sunday Big Football Show. Have a good one, folks.